But in order to be a follower, you have to count the cost. There are going to be things in your life that you're going to have to give up. Things in your life and people in your life that are going to criticize you. They're going to rub you the wrong way. And they're going to come to a place where they might not associate with you anymore. They're going to break fellowship with you because they think you're too religious. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's message continues our series exploring what it looks like to walk with Christ in true discipleship. Roll will encourage you to go all in with Jesus, understanding that the cost of following Him is total submission. Stay with us here on Somebody Loves You Radio to see that when you make the choice to lay down your life, Christ can work through you to bring glory and honor to His name. Today's lesson is taken from Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse 24. Let's listen as Raul Reese begins today's lesson, The Cost to Follow Jesus. This is my favorite passage. Whenever I go and teach the Bible, if I'm teaching pastors or I'm doing evangelism, Because it's such a powerful message. And I think that even though as Christians tonight, I'm praying that God will speak to my heart and to your hearts. And if you're not a Christian man, awesome. I'm glad you're here tonight. And I'm hoping that before you leave here, that you start a whole new beginning with Christ. So Jesus can become the center of your life. Without him being in the center of your life, you'll never be happy. You'll never experience the joy of God. Because the devil is the accuser of the brethren. Satan is always condemning Christians. And we need to understand and learn that Paul said in Romans 8, 1, Therefore there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We're not condemned any longer. We have accepted Christ by faith. We have been saved. And we have been cleansed by the washing of the blood of Jesus Christ. And even though Satan accuses me, I always say this, the Lord rebuked Satan. Because he constantly wants to take you down. He wants to keep you down. He wants to keep you oppressed and depressed. So when he took me to Matthew chapter 16, where Jesus is answered in Caesarea Philippi. Those of you that went to Israel with us, remember we entered those gates and you see this big old mountain, a rock, and there's a big hole on the mountain where the God Pan was worshipped by the Romans. And when you get off the bus, you look at this massive mountain of rock, and then you open the scriptures, and in chapter 16, verse 13, to the end of the chapter, we see Jesus standing there with the disciples. And he says, look it, this is what I want you to answer me. Who do men say that I am? That's a real important question for Christians and for non-believers also. Because the question is being asked to the disciples, those that were following him, they were not yet baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit. They had doubts in their minds about Jesus. All the way through as they were walking with Jesus. 
And yet Jesus said, I want you individually to tell me who I am. And remember, they say, well, some say you're Elisha. Some say you're one of the prophets. And they say, some, you say, not only Jeremiah, but everybody thinks you're somebody from the past. But then he said this, but who do you say that I am? That's a very important question. Who do you say that he is? Because the Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, or the Buddhists, or any other religion, have their own concepts of who Jesus is. And a lot of times people say, well, do you think you're right? I'm not right, but the Bible's right. Jesus is right. He is, notice, the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only mediator between God and man that meant Christ Jesus. Nobody can go to God unless you come through the bridge, and that's Jesus. And many times people think we're narrow-minded. Well, we might be. Because in Matthew chapter 7, he says, if you want to go to the kingdom of God, he says, the road is very narrow, and there's only one door to get in. But the way to destruction is very wide, and many, many go there, where on the other side, very few enter in. Very few enter in, Jesus said. So when I got to Matthew 16, I was thinking, okay, Lord, how can you speak to me tonight? So that I can speak to your people and you can speak to your people through the word of God. Because a lot of times when you talk to people about death, they're afraid of death. It's something that as a human being that we go through, I guess. And I think that one of the incredible things is when you're dying, I've done so many funerals and I've gone to so many hospitals and watched people die right in front of my eyes when I was in Vietnam. And when you think about those without the Lord, when they die, it breaks my heart. Because I know they're not in heaven. And then when a child of God dies, it's so awesome, so beautiful to see them. Not only look into heaven, but have the peace of God that passes all understanding. And to say, Lord, here am I, I'm ready to go with you. Let's look at three requirements that Jesus makes. Here in chapter 16, verse 24 to 26. Just three points, real easy. Point number one, requirement of Jesus to follow him. How do we follow Jesus Christ? Now we can say, well, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, but do you understand what it means to follow Jesus Christ? Anybody can be a follower. But in order to be a follower, you have to count the cost. It's going to be hard. There are going to be things in your life that you're going to have to give up. Things in your life and people in your life that are going to criticize you. They're going to rub you the wrong way. And they're going to come to a place where they might not associate with you anymore. They're going to break fellowship with you. Because they think you're too religious. Listen what Jesus said in beginning verse 24. And then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone... Desires to come after me. Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now notice there's three points there. The first thing that Jesus is saying to the disciples, if anybody wants to desire to come after me. So the desire has to be in our lives in order to really follow Jesus Christ. If not, it's an emotional experience. And being emotional doesn't last a long time. It's just for a short season. 
that when you really mean business in your heart with God, then God can not only prepare your heart, but God can go before you to not only prepare you to accept Him and to love Him, but for Him to use your life. And the word that He uses here, notice again in verse 24. And then Jesus said to His disciples, If anyone desires, do you have a desire? The desire not only to go after Jesus Christ, but to count the cost of coming to Jesus. There's a cost to be paid. And then the devil comes along. He begins to accuse you. He's the accuser of the brethren. And says to you, you know what? God didn't really forgive you. You're making it up. And then you kind of sit back and you say, is that really the truth? Has Christ not truly forgiven me? And then you come to that point in your life that as you open the scriptures like Jesus says here, that if anyone desires to come after him, and then I say, Lord, I came after you. And I continue to come after you, Lord. And then he said this, real important. He said, let him deny himself. Underline that because a very important statement. The word here to deny, it's an interesting word. It means to forget about self. Deny yourself. It's very hard to deny ourselves because we're used to building ourselves up. Talking about ourselves. Looking in the mirror and admiring ourselves. And this is something that Jesus was not only talking to the disciples, but he's talking to us tonight in the same way. If anyone desires to come after me. So the desire has to be what? To go after Jesus Christ. If there's no desire given by the Holy Spirit, then you'll never come to Christ. Because the desire comes when you look at your life, what a mess it is, or what a mess it used to be. And it leads you to the cross. You see, I had no conviction in my life for so many years. It wasn't until... Not only when I came back from Vietnam, because her grandma, her mom, her dad, and grandpa were praying for me. I didn't even know this when I was in Vietnam. And then it wasn't until four years of marriage that I started feeling bad for the things that I was doing. I was committing adultery every single week. I mean, I was doing whatever I wanted to do in my life. Destroying people's lives. And thinking that I was great. Thinking that I don't need God, I don't need even my wife, I don't need my children, all I need is myself. I'm self-made. And I'll never forget that every time I did something which was not in the past, I start feeling convicted. And there had to be a time to come in my life where that conviction became so great in my life that I knew that God was after my life. I knew it. But I kept rejecting him. And when I continued to reject him, as you know my testimony, then I came to that place where God just came and stabbed me. And I came to Christ. And the devil immediately came after me. But I began to deny. And denial was so hard for me. You know why? Because I was used to get in my own way. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We'd like to remind you that our goal is to help you cultivate an abundantly fruitful life with Christ. For resources, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. You can also join Rolf for Straight Talk on his YouTube channel, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific.
Let's get back now to the final part of our study today, the cost to follow Jesus. And when you come to Christ, it's not about you, it's not about me, it's about Him. And if you want God to use your life, there has to be denial in your life. And then you can come after Him. And when you come after Him, notice what He says, then there's a denial of myself, forgetting about yourself. We think about ourselves all the time. And the word to deny here, it means you're not first. You let other people be first. And God has to be first. And when I think of my denial before the Lord, it's because not only I have this in my heart to see Him and to know Him, but the next step is very hard, and that's to take my cross. I don't think that I could ever take a cross. The cross is one of the most emotional things for my life because of what Jesus did for me and what Jesus has done for you and what Jesus will do for anyone that is here tonight. The cross of Christ is the instrument of death, rejection. And imagine that Jesus must have felt coming into the world out of all eternity for one purpose, and that's to go to the cross. And there in the Garden of Gethsemane, Remember those they went to Israel with us? The Garden of Gethsemane is such a moving place. You're sitting there in the Garden of Gethsemane, and through your mind as you look at all these olive trees, some of them 2,000 years old. As I sat there, I thought about how Jesus sitting there and saying, okay, Peter, James, and then you guys stand here. You pray. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to pray for the Father's will. Three times he comes back, and they're sleeping and not praying. And Jesus is pouring his heart out to the Father. To the point where the scripture says that out of his pores, blood came out and fell to the ground. And he said, Father, if it's your perfect will for me to go to the cross and die, then thy will be done. What did he do? He submitted himself. He died to himself. Are you willing to die to yourself tonight for the next year? Dying to ourselves so that we may live for him and he can live through my life. So that I can bring glory and honor to his holy name. And when I read that today, I was just kind of moving my own personal life. Because I do want to take up my cross. And many times I get discouraged in carrying my cross. Because of the rejection that people have not for me, but for him. For him. For he deserves all the praise and the glory and the honor. If it wasn't for him, we would not be here tonight. If it wasn't for him, every one of us would die and we would end up in hell. But he came because of his love and his grace and his mercies that he had for each one of us individually so that we could live with him forever and ever and ever. That's the heart of God. So if anyone wants to come after, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and then he says this, follow me. Follow me. How hard is it to follow Jesus? Very, very hard. In Matthew 7, I told you already, Jesus said the way, in verse 13 and 14, he says, he says, if you want to go to heaven, the way is straight, and very few people enter into it. But the way to destruction is broad, and many, many go there, many and few. Notice what he says. And the reason is because we got to die to ourselves, and that's the hardest thing we can do. But as I began to follow Jesus Christ, let me tell you something, it is awesome. 
because of what He will do in your life, the way He'll use your life. You say, well, God can't use me because of all the things I've done. He can use you, believe me. God doesn't use perfect people, but imperfect people, just like you and I. Imperfect people. And it's so neat because when you think of the perfection of Christ and our imperfection, He kind of came after us and then He took our lives and then He did something out of our lives. And then He gives us eternal life that if we die today or tomorrow, we're going to be in the presence of Jesus forever and ever with all of our loved ones that have gone before there. But before we go there, He wants us to experience denial and death right here. Denial and death right here if you want to really be used by Jesus. Look at the requirement that he gives us about dying to self. Verse 25. He says, for whoever, doesn't matter who you are, whoever desires. Do you have the desire tonight? Do you have the desire every morning when you get up? For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Now, how many people do you know that tell you that they don't need Jesus? They don't need really eternal life. Because what they're doing is they don't want to die to themselves here. This world has entrapped them. They love their life too much. They're self-centered. And to give my life up, then it, what? it's going to make me quit all my partying, all of my friends, and all these things that now I'm having fun with. But remember, it's only temporary. It's not forever. It's going to stop. You know, people grow up. People get old. And Jesus wants us to understand that it's for whoever desires to come after him. Or whoever wants to save his own life, he's going to lose it. When he uses the word lucid here, he's talking eternally. Eternally, you'll lose your life. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. See, denying yourself here, then you're going to find Jesus. You're going to find his purpose for your life. You're going to find out how much he loves you. You're going to find out how much he wants to use your life to bring glory and honor to his holy name. Do you have the desire tonight for the world or desire for Jesus Christ? Then you got to learn to lose your life in order to serve him and to love him. And to be anointed by Jesus Christ in my life so that I can bring glory and honor to him every single day of my life. Now you say, can we do that every day? Not every day. We trip and we fall. We're not perfect again. But the moment I trip and fall, I don't stay down. Satan wants to keep you down. You should get up immediately, dust yourself off, and go forward. Never stand still and never go backwards. You're always moving forward. The reason Satan wants to cripple you. And when he cripples you, he makes you stand still. And then you become like an old wineskin. Or you become a person that begins to look back at the world. Just like Sodom and Gomorrah. When Lot's wife looked back, she turned into a pillar of salt. She wanted to go back to the parties. She wanted to go back to all the things of the world. And the Lord allowed her to become a pillar of salt. We must never look back to the world. We need to look at the cross of Jesus Christ. And we need to look at heaven. Heaven is coming soon. Some sooner than others. 
So if we really have our eyes on Jesus, like he says here, and we desire to save my life, then forget it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, for my sake, well, what? will find it. And each one of us has found our life in Jesus Christ. When we came to Christ, we denied ourselves. We saw ourselves as sinners. We saw that Satan was not only stealing our life, but he had come to a place where he entrapped us and chained us until Jesus Christ came and broke those chains. And now Satan hates you more than ever before. He's always looking for a scheme to get you back into the world and to make you an instrument of unrighteousness so you can stumble people that know you. But we can't do that because of his love and grace and mercies again. Look at the third step here, the requirement. The three is to make a choice. Verse 26. For what profit is it to a man or woman if he gains the whole world, but check this out, but loses his own soul? His soul. The soul is the most important thing in a person's life. Body, soul, and spirit. When you come to Christ, there's a flip over. Spirit, soul, and flesh is last now. Supposed to reckon the old man to be dead. But I know that the church is having problems today. Dying to self. Because the world has become such a powerful tool. Computers, satellites, movies, music. All these things of the world that consumes young people and older people. I mean, it's incredible. I watch these young kids coming back from school and everybody's on their little phones. No communication. I wonder what the next generation will be like when they have no communication. They don't know how to communicate. But that's something that Satan also uses. Nothing wrong with computers, electronics. Thank God for that. But it's the abuse of those things that will bring into bondage. And Satan loves to put people in bondage. That's why I love the way Jesus says here, what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world? So you got everything in life, but what happens? Like the rich man in Lazarus, remember, he lost everything. When you die, you can't take nothing with you. Your soul only. And many of us here tonight, I don't want to scare anybody, but you might not be here next year. I might not be here next year. And you can start tonight by denying yourself, taking up your cross, and begin to follow Jesus Christ 100%. We pray this lesson has been a challenge for you to stand firm in your faith and share Christ's truth even with those who've turned their backs on Him. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Today's lesson, The Cost to Follow Jesus, is available in its complete form for a donation of $5 or more. To get that, simply call us at 800-634-9165. We'd also like to equip you with strength from God's Word. Rawls 12 Lesson Discipleship Series reflects on the duality of surrender and strength in Christ's committed followers, and it's available on both CD and thumb drive. You'll see that when you take up your cross and walk in your Savior's footsteps, He'll work through you to accomplish mighty eternal things in His name.
To purchase Ron's 12-part discipleship series, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send you the USB thumb drive for $18 or the CD collection for $23. Our number once again is 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. You'll also want to take advantage of our free resources as well. Browse iTunes or Spotify for podcasts of all of these programs and download our app for instant access to live stream teaching, digital Bible studies, and much more. Rolf's daily devotional emails will also help you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Subscribe at somebodylovesyou.com. And for Rolf's personal responses to your Bible questions or prayer requests, you can email him at pastorrawl at somebodylovesyou.com. This is a listener-supported ministry, and we're thankful for your tax-deductible gifts. Your partnership is a great blessing to us. And thanks again for including us in your day today. Join us next time as we quiet ourselves before the Lord, allowing Him to instruct and uplift us through the pages of His Word. Now with the closing comment, here's Rawl. I pray tonight that the Holy Spirit would do a tremendous work in our lives. And you're going to have to make a decision to accept Him or to reject Him, heaven or hell. Light or darkness. And it's so cool because he never forces anybody to go to heaven. You have a will. You can make choices. You can be in God's perfect will or secondary in the will of man. So I'm going to ask you tonight in front of all these people, those that are watching through the internet, I don't care who it is, that we at home, wherever you're going, make sure you're real light and real salt. So that people can tell that you have been born again of the Holy Spirit. Don't compromise. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.